So the NBA Finals are not even over, yet NBA trade season is upon us. And while the Grizzlies were not involved, it was a trade that happened in their division, but what could it mean, the Christian Wood trade, for the potential value of Grizzlies' potential trade assets? Plus, when it comes to polarizing figures, Patrick Baldwin Jr., he may be the most polarizing prospect in the 2022 draft, but is there value for the Grizzlies to pursue him. That and much more on this edition to Michael Cole, Sean Coleman back together here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mr. DeMichael Cole, it is a pleasure to see you once again. How are you, sir? Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back. Sean, it's been a while, right? It's, it's always exciting to get the partners in crime back it, together. It, it, and, uh, you know, we joke all the time, but uh, it's always great to be back on with Sean. He, he, he does great work for Grizzly Bear Bears. I know he always talks about me doing good work. Sean, he did. We'll talk about one of the pieces that he wrote uh, yesterday as well. But uh, yeah, Sean, it's great to be back. It's always a nightmare to share the screen with you too, DeMichael. Welcome everybody to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal. Hey, DeMichael, you know what? I, I, I was looking at something the other day and I want to tell you just the scale that you were on now. Now, I know that if people, they love talking about trades and whether it be MLB trade rumors, hoops trade rumors, what have you, but I was on the hoops trade rumors the other day and it said Grizzlies notes. And you want to know what it said? DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal presents 14 prospects the Grizzlies could target in the first round. I'm like, I know that guy. I've talked to him before. So I'm sharing the screen with a celebrity. I, I just, I, I'm in awe right now. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSCC, DeMichael at DeMichael C. Right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below. Also want to remind you that today's episode is presented by Arcade One Up. Locked on is partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. Stay tuned for later in the show to learn how you can enter. But before we get to that, DeMichael, let's talk about the big news of the evening. Now, it's rare to see, with the NBA Finals still going on, moves being made, but we've already seen the Denver Nuggets trade for the 30th pick in this draft. And today, a major move by a division player, the Dallas Mavericks coming off a Western Conference Finals trip, upgrading their roster, trading for Christian Wood. Now, I want to get your reaction to Michael, and, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about a trade that doesn't involve the Grizzlies, but we'll get to in just a moment why this could, you know, indirectly impact the Grizzlies' potential plans this summer as well. But your thoughts first on the, on the trade itself to Michael for the Mavericks and the Rockets. Yeah, see, you just said it. It doesn't directly involve the Grizzlies, and, and, and it doesn't, but it does because this is one of those trades, you know, offseason Grizzlies fans, you're like, oh, Christian Wood, nice pickup for them. They're still not better than us. That's probably what most Grizz fans are thinking. But now you talk about later on, this could this could be a factor. This is making a Dallas team stronger. They basically threw in a bunch of players who don't play. 
and the first round pick later uh 26 pick i believe it was in the first round to get christian wood who when we know you know we've seen out of houston the reports about the attitude issues and the chemistry on the team and things like that when he's locked in sean he is a problem and you pair him with luca and that talented you know group over there i think you really have something and uh Dallas is going to be a team. I mean, that Dallas Grizzlies, I want that playoff series really bad on a personal level, but I, I think it's only a matter of time till we get it at this point, Sean. Absolutely. And I do think on paper, you know, I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think when it comes to a Dallas Grizzlies matchup, I think that the Grizzlies still had the better team. Dallas has the best player in Luka Doncic. That's no offense to John Morant. That's just absolutely an acknowledgement of how special of a talent Luka Doncic is, but here's where it also involves the Grizzlies. Now, I know that it's been speculated. I've talked a bit about it before. There were some ideas out there that the Grizzlies could potentially be a destination for Christian Wood. The outside shooting potential of a front court of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Christian Wood is certainly tantalizing, but you know, it really didn't make sense with the front court depth that the Grizzlies had. But speaking of that front court depth, outside of the indirect involvement from the Grizzlies that this happened in their division, you also now have a basis of value for what a big man and a big man on an expiring contract might be valued at this offseason. Eric Pink has had reported via Bleacher Report that several different centers are potentially available this summer. And that could include Steven Adams, though he is well-liked in the Grizzlies locker room. But a couple of things stand out from this trade to me, DeMichael, is that number one, with all the potential centers that are out there, from a DeAndre Ayton to a Jakob Pertl and everyone in between, there are a lot of center options out there, which means that it is definitely a market where value may not be there for teams that feel they could get good value back for their center. That's one. But the second thing is, is that with that being the case, I think that this now potentially could make it less likely that we see a similar trade to last year when the Grizzlies trade Jonas Valanciunas. I think that when it comes to Stephen Adams or even Brandon Clark, being a potential trade piece, the value that we now see Wood returning on an expiring contract, plus the saturated market, I think this does make it a bit harder for the Grizzlies to find the true value that they would need to part with one of their big men. For sure, because if the Grizzlies were to part with someone, they're looking, the Grizzlies aren't throwing players out there. They're, they're looking for something back in return. I mean, I mentioned on the last possible episode, for example, if they were to make a trade with a team like Charlotte, uh, they would probably want one of those tantalizing wings back. You'd probably want Kelly Oubre or Gordon Hayward or, you know, something to to match value in a way. But as with this trade, we Christian Wood is the only player of substantial value involved, and, and the rest is just throw-ins uh, to make the money work and the picks and things like that. So to a certain degree, uh, yes, and I think also here's the thing. Uh, we've talked a lot about Steven Adams and, and you know, how he's valued here. At the end of the day, I think it's important, you know, for all the viewers to know, we all agree that Steven Adams, we saw in that Golden State series, he is impactful. He made a great impact throughout this season with the Grizzlies. But to the contrary, uh, Steven Adams didn't finish games, you know, down the stretch in terms of late in the fourth quarter. And then we saw in that Timberwolves series where he just – he was unplayable at times. There are those certain situations where the Grizzlies may, just because of that, if you're just picking hairs, you probably want to pursue other centers out there. But getting back to your point, Sean, it's tough. It's tough pickings because 
if you're saying if these teams who don't, you know, who uh, have, you know, a little bit of financial flexibility and are able to take on, you know, a couple contracts and to throw out expiring players like that, uh, they probably have a leg up on the Grizzlies, you know, in a way uh, to make that happen. Because in the Grizzlies situation, if they were to trade Steven Adams, they'd be trading the expiring. Whereas, you know, with the Mavs, they're bringing in a guy like Christian Wood who could potentially get be getting a new deal uh, sometime soon as well. So it's, I think it's different situations overall, but this did show us. Here is now the blueprint for the center market in terms of if you want to pursue a center this offseason, there's a good blueprint out there. I think with that being said, uh, there are a couple other centers we've seen, you know, talked about. DeAndre Ayton, I think he'll command a bigger market than Christian Wood. The name that I'm the most enticed by, Sean, is Clint Capella, who, as we see, uh, he is a expendable big man now because I'm not going to say his name right, but the, the big man out of USC who plays for the Hawks. Uh, on Yucca Okongwu. That's Sean. That's why we have two hosts. That's exactly why we have two hosts. But, yep, that, that's him. Uh, he's, he's, he played really well, and, and there are thoughts in Atlanta that Clint Capella could be expendable now. And with that being said, I think, you know, we'll, he's one of those guys. But overall, uh, yeah, the Christian Wood trade gives us an idea of, okay, DeAndre Aiden, what would his market look like? Uh, Clint Capella, what would his market look like? Even though I think those two players are in a little bit of different situations, whereas they'll come from competing teams. Uh, Christian Wood came from a team that basically was happy to get a first-round pick out of it. But the thing is, is that the Grizzlies are in a unique position. You're exactly right on what you're saying in terms of them potentially trading a Steven Adams or a Brandon Clark, where the Grizzlies would trade the player to get the assets. But the other thing is the Grizzlies could act actually in the case of Houston or Dallas in this situation, because with two first round picks, the Grizzlies could switch it. They could be the team offering a pick or a plus a few players to go get a player they may feel would be worth bringing in on an expiring contract that once he's with the Grizzlies, then he could excel and they could re-sign him. That is something that we could potentially see. That's something worth exploring more in a later conversation, but there may be a few players out there, especially on expiring contracts, that the Grizzlies feel could definitely work. I'm not necessarily saying a Gordon Hayward would be that due to his injury history and how much he's owed, but if the Grizzlies potentially feel there is a wing-type player out there on an expiring contract that has enough upside that once he comes to Memphis, he performs better, they may now have a blueprint to use one of their picks to go get an upgrade out there that's a veteran presence to come add to the team. The whole point of having assets is to be able to approach trades multiple ways. And for the Grizzlies, this Dallas-Houston trade could present a couple of avenues they can go down. I'll tell you a fun avenue that you could take, though, DeMichael, and this is for our listeners as well. When it comes to you wanting to make your day better, I don't care if that's you exercising, if that's you walking, it's whatever you want to do to make yourself feel better. But the avenue that you should take, you should have the nourishment of a built bar, whether it be in the morning for breakfast, in the afternoon as a snack, or for DeMichael Cole, 3.30 in the morning when he's writing about his favorite NBA team, looking for ideas to make his content great, as it always is. You got Bill Bar, you got Built Puffs, over 18 different flavors to choose from. If you go to Bill.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Check it out at Built.com. 
Another thing we want to remind you of is that there also is the opinion that matters, and that's you. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. I think the number one thing that's going to be rated on those Locked On Podcast surveys is my wardrobe, is my wardrobe, Michael. What do you think? It doesn't matter. Now, we talk about all these different trades, but the point is, is that the draft is now officially a week away. It's Draft Thoughts Thursday. And one of my thoughts here recently has been on one of the more intriguing, polarizing, one of the more interesting cases of pedigree versus lack of production that, you know, boomer bust type prospect cases we've seen. And his name is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, DeMichael. I'm always intrigued in a situation where a team has multiple first-round picks, they have good depth, they've got good youth, taking a chance. And the Grizzlies just did it last year with Zaire Williams. Patrick Baldwin Jr., DeMichael, what stands out to you about him? It's just the the natural skills. Talking about a guy who's 6'10", small forward. He can play the three. He can play the four. Uh you know, he could, he could shoot the basketball. We didn't really, you know, see it a lot in college. We're going to talk more about that. But overall, the guy has skill. This is a five-star recruit. This is a guy that Duke was on really hard. Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, he was going to go to Duke and, and, and play on that really talented roster and possibly even start over A.J. Griffin. Like, this is, this is where he was. We see where, you know, A.J. Griffin is projected to go in the draft at this point. Pat Baldwin was just that thought of. I remember, you know, I got to see all these guys up close at the Iverson Classic last year in Memphis, and Pat Baldwin, A.J. Griffin, they all were in that game. And just looking at Pat Baldwin, I'm thinking, man, like, he really has some skill. But, of course, he took the chance on himself, went to a smaller school with his father and all those things. But at the end of the day, I think the talent is still there, Sean. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's unlocking it. And it's not. it sounds simple. But it's not always that simple as unlocking talent, you know, with a player like this. Overall, Pat Wall, he has a lot of skills he brings to the table. He can shoot. He can dribble. He's 6'10". He has over a 7'1 wingspan. But how can he channel that? Will he be put in a position to channel that? I think the Grizzlies are an ideal fit. We've talked a lot about the Grizzlies in the G League system and the things that they could do to put a player in position to succeed. Absolutely. And, and and there are a lot of boxes that Patrick Baldwin checks. He's a box that like Zaire Williams, because the Grizzlies went a bit off their script last year, choosing Zaire Williams. You had the pedigree, but the lack of production in Zaire Williams, that boomer bros, boom, high risk, high reward prospect, whereas the Grizzlies had taken high floor guys in the past and made the most of them in their development track. Well, with Patrick Baldwin Jr., you've got the pedigree. You've got the shooting size combo that we know the Grizzlies could certainly use. We also know that the Grizzlies are in a position with late first-round picks where there's not as much of of an investment. There's a lower risk but higher reward type setup for them 
to go after this. And to your point, one of the most intriguing things that stands out about Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the confidence that he has in his shot. You're talking about a smooth, repeatable shot that typically is very hard for young guys at his size to be able to do, but he is very good at repeating it to the point that it's on it's nearly unguardable at times. It's very hard to alter his shot with a release point that he has. That stands out. If he has one strength that he could capitalize on in the NBA, that one strength can take him far, and that is at a shooting presence in the front court that's very hard to contend with if Patrick Baldwin puts in the work to capitalize on his on his strengths. Sean, I, I mean, you, you mentioned the confidence, and, and I'm big on that. I, I talk about this in so many different you know, of the episodes that we talked about these draft prospects, because when you're, when you're evaluating college kids, you can't get too caught up in the numbers because their numbers explode, you know, from the collegiate level to the NBA level, because the spacing is different, the way they play defense, all these things are different. You can't get caught up in the numbers. You should get more caught up in the confidence level that a player is playing at. I think that's a big deal. And when you look at Pat Baldwin, we're talking about a guy who took 5.8 three-pointers per game again why is that important to me as someone if you're thinking about you put your evaluation hat on that's important because okay yeah he shot 26.6 percent from three-point range that's bad there's no way in the world someone should be shooting 5.8 three-point attempts per game while shooting 26 percent but the thing is you go look at some of that film some of those were plays called for him some of those were confidence shots at the end of the day, you don't take 5.8 three-point attempts per game if you're not making them in practice. That's the proof right there that shows this guy must make these shots in practice. He must make this enough for the coaches to think, hey, we want Pat Baldwin to shoot this shot in the game. And I think that's what it is with him. I mean, like I said, we saw him at the Iverson Classic. Really, really nice stroke. He can really shoot it. You talk about the repeatable stroke. He's a coach's kid, and you see that in a way, you know, from a fundamental standpoint. I've seen some people kind of compare him to like a poor man's, you know, kind of like a Michael Porter Jr. And I think, you know, skill set-wise, when you talk about 6'9", 6'10", guys who aren't supremely athletic but who can shoot the ball, um, that's what they both do really well. So you look at his numbers. He didn't shoot really well. But the confidence level tells me that eventually over the course of his career, those numbers would spike up. If he would have stayed in school two to three years, those numbers definitely would have looked a lot better. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is that Patrick Baldwin Jr.'s talent, especially for a shooter at his size, it stands out. His natural physical setup, you know, with his wingspan, there's also some potential there on defense. And in a Grizzlies system that can capitalize on that defense, I think that also stands out as well. But we also need to be fair to the evaluation of, or have a fair look at the evaluation of Patrick Baldwin Jr. The potential is eye-opening. It raises eyebrows. But unfortunately, there also are far too many red flags to ignore when it comes to his overall draft profile and evaluation. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But the first thing that I want to discuss with you, DeMichael Cole, is NBA Jam. DeMichael, tell me. I, I, I'm hoping. I, I know that you're a little bit younger than me. I'm showing my age. But I'm hoping that you have enjoyed NBA Jam at some point in time in your life. 
Sean, a little bit younger is is a, is an understatement. Sean, you you, I think you went to school. Michael, you're five months Michael. younger. You're five months younger than me. Don't my, lie. My, gr my grandfather said to tell you hello. No, no, no. That's fine. Tell him I said hi. You know, when we had Jim back in '58, he was an amazing basketball player himself. You're five months younger than me. To Michael, quit lying. And yes, I did enjoy NBA Jam, and I always used to look. My favorite part was when they said he's on fire. And that's when you couldn't stop me, Sean. Absolutely. Well, boom, shaka, laka. We have big news. The one, the only, NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they're made, they're made it bigger than ever with a wait-for-it Shack Edition. A Shack Edition machine. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire. In one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from ArcadeOne.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Team, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. Check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a Locked On listener. Enter it for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up, dot com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? Thing I could tell you is this: is we can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Over the next week, there's going to be plenty of draft profiles, especially those detailed, absolutely incredible content-filled profiles over at Grizzly Bear Blues, like the one written today about Patrick Baldwin Jr. I don't want to hype up the author too much, but <clears throat> you're welcome. When it comes to draft profiles, make sure you check out Locked On Grizzlies for some in-depth analysis at some players who could definitely be on the Grizzlies' radar. Now, DeMichael, when we talk about Patrick Baldwin Jr., the potential is tantalizing. There's, a, there, there's certainly some needs that he feels for the Grizzlies, but I've got two questions that I don't think anybody can answer with confidence right now when it comes to Patrick Baldwin Jr. Coming off an ankle injury, that impacted his senior year and his freshman year in college, senior in high school, freshman year in college. Do we know that he's going to take the proper steps to maintain good health in the NBA? That's one. The second question is, do how confident do people feel he's going to put in the work to add value outside of his shooting that will allow for him to stay on the court even if his shot's not falling, especially on defense? I don't think a lot of individuals right now can answer that with confidence. And I think that's why, even with late first-round picks, you hesitate a bit looking to take him with your pick. Yeah, yeah, you hesitate for sure because there's there's potential in production, but there's also, you know, a situation with Pat Baldwin where his numbers are, are you know, there's potential when a guy's averaging eight points per game, shooting 50%, but he only plays 12 to 15 minutes. Uh, Pat Baldwin is a guy who got a lot of playing time and played, you know, lower level competition and still, you know, didn't put up the numbers that you would expect of a five-star recruit. So all of that makes sense. 
Sean, I always go back to this point because we see it a lot of guys in the NBA. He's a coach's kid. Uh, that's important. So, and I think that's going to help his skill set develop, you know, as he's in the league. And, and time will tell because at the end of the day, he has to have the it, the want-to factor, you know, as they talk about. And I think that can be a cultural thing, too. We've seen players go to a place like Golden State, and, you know, Draymond Green is going to push them. We've seen players, you know, that come to Memphis, and you're just going to suck up the culture because John Morant, Desmond Bain, these guys are gym rats, and you're just going to suck that up being a part of this culture. So there are certain teams a player like Pat Baldwin can go to, and he won't have no choice but to give it his all to reach every bit of his potential. But I think it's a situational thing, too, with him. I don't I don't see him as someone who, you know, he's a surefire thing in any way, shape, or form. And like you said, those are questions that, that no one probably has the true, definite answer for right now, but they're good questions because those two answers can go a long way. And this guy being a guy who's throwing, who's, you know, playing G League basketball next season and not playing in the NBA at all, or possibly even being an NBA rotational player. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you've seen situations like this where players have come into the league and, you know, they've come off injury issues or they come off shortened season. Zaire Williams is a player like that. Michael Porter Jr. is a player like that who worked out. It made sense. They eventually capitalized on being in good development systems and playing to their strengths. But you've also got situa- situations like B.J. Boston last year who, you know, a year ahead of when he was drafted, he was a top five pick, struggled like crazy in the NBA draft, and he was the number one f- 51 pick overall. So excitement would exist, I think, with a Patrick Baldwin pick. I, I definitely think that it would be very intriguing to see what Taylor Jenkins could do with the type of talent, with that shooting size combo that Patrick Baldwin offers. But it also just does not feel likely to me that the Grizzlies are going to go after a player who just has so many red flags. I'm not questioning Patrick Baldwin, the person. I I don't know him. But it just seems like that the Grizzlies would have to have a lot of faith in the type of person and type of personality and work ethic Patrick Baldwin has for them to make him the selection. They showed that that's the route they can go with them picking Zaire last year. And, And I think Zaire has a higher NBA upside than a Patrick Baldwin Jr., but it's the person, Patrick Baldwin Jr., that's going to have to sell a team like the Grizzlies on having faith in picking him more than it is the production he's shown so far. Yeah, because when it's a guy with potential, that's that's what you're banking on. You're banking on him to be a hard worker. You're banking on him to want to grab every inch of that potential. We we don't know yet with Pat Ball. And that's what these meetings are for. That's what these workouts, these interviews and all that is is all for. And uh He's a he's an intriguing guy. Sean, I'd be willing to say he's one of the more wild card guys in this entire draft. Personally, I could see this guy being like we talked about Michael Porter being a starting small forward in two three years, making a bunch of shots at six nine six ten, using that seven one wingspan to really create havoc defensively and giving guys a hard time. Or I also could see a scenario where he's not in the league because he just never shoots at a high volume. He just never figures out, you know, how to become an efficient NBA player. He has one of the wildest ranges in terms of projectability in uh, in this in this in this draft. And I went back and looked at his his under nineteen highlights for Team USA too. I think that's always telling. You know, you look at these players with the best talent that they're on the floor with, 
and nothing really stood out to him then. You know, just watching him there, he wasn't one of the guys who stood out above the pack or anything like that. So that made me, you know, ask some more questions, you know, because you, you talk about, you know, competitive nature and things like that. Where is he on that level? Because, again, I mentioned this is a guy we're talking about was ranked above A.J. Griffin at Duke. Uh, and they both were supposed to go to Duke and things like that. And a lot of people were projecting him to start there. A.J. Griffin went to Duke, had a great freshman year, and is about to be a lottery pick. So you wonder how this works out, situations and whatnot. But, Sean, we're talking about one of the biggest wild cards in the draft. But the good part about that is if a team like Memphis drafts him, Memphis can take that chance. And let's say Memphis does keep the 22nd, the 29th pick, and so forth. I think if you keep 22 and 29, one of those picks, you get your surefire guy that you think can be a rotational player. The other one, for the fences. Uh, late first round, there could be some guys who could have been lottery picks, but, you know, uh, one bad ankle or one bad interview or, you know, some type of mishap prevented them from going higher. I could see the Grizzlies taking a shot at those guys because at the end of the day, the Grizzlies won't need two or three rookies to produce next season. They won't need that. That's why Patrick Baldwin is the ideal candidate. And at the end of the day, like I mentioned on a few, you know, I talked with Keith Parrish on Grit and Grinds the other day. I mentioned it to you here as well. There is an absolute logic in you want, you hope that Zaire Williams becomes that significant complement to the trio that you have in Ja Bain and Jaron. But there's nothing wrong with backing Zaire Williams with another size shooting combination that's a big wing that has tall, tall upside. There's nothing wrong with having two of those options on the roster. And at the end of the day, the Grizzlies, to your point, DeMichael, have one of the best cultures in development track that probably offer one of the better chances that if Patrick Baldwin Jr. is going to make it as a significant piece in the NBA, it would be a team like Memphis that would be able to help him do that. Going to be highly intriguing. At the end of the day, not necessarily thinking the Grizzlies go the Patrick Baldwin Jr. route, but also if they do, a lot of excitement to see what he could do. Several players make sense like that. And I can tell you this, you're going to hear a few of the players that me and DeMichael ourselves selected when the ultimate mock draft starts tomorrow, or excuse me, today. That's actually correct. The 2022 ultimate NBA mock draft starts today. While you won't hear us, for a few episodes, keep the ears open for who we might take with the 22nd and 29th selection. Something to look forward to, as well as some more draft prospect profiles here at Locked on Grizzlies. For DeMichael Cole, my name's Sean Cohen. Find us right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Follow me at StatsSEC, DeMichael at DeMichael C. For DeMichael Cole, Sean Coleman, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.